Lead Our Mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 41. How is everyone doing in Corona land? COVID-19, what is going on? When I look at the news and I look at everything that's happening, I can see the 50-50 in all of it. I see the 50% of like, what is going on? This is insane. People are losing jobs like crazy. The economy's tanking, the stock market. And then I can see the other 50% of like, maybe this is God's way of creating family time for everybody. Maybe this is the jolt that everyone needed to slow down. They weren't getting the little hints of the pebble. And so here's our tornado. So what are we going to do with this time? And I want to reassure you because a lot of us have become all of a sudden virtual school teachers and the schools are trying to figure it out. Like I think about the school's perspective of like, they were just going about their day and all of a sudden the screeching halt schools canceled and now move everything online. And like, I'm really impressed with how they're doing it. The way that they're adjusting to this double dutch that's, that's been thrown at them is like, man, that's impressive. And I don't know what's going on in your area. There's going to be flaws. There's going to be kinks. This is all like we're trying to learn how to walk for the first time. So they're going to fall down and we're going to fall down. And the more that we can be on the same side, it's almost like I picture life like family feud. Like we're not going up to the podium and hitting the buzzer against each other. We're all on the same side. It's like, good answer, good answer. Whenever they say the answer and then it gets zonked, you're like, that's all right. Good try. Good try. So if we can see all the people as being on the same side of the family feud game, by the way, that's on my bucket list to be on that game show. I've told my kids, so hopefully once they're old enough, we can all be on there. So we're looking for a fifth player. Who is it going to be? There'll be a very, very strong vetting process because if we're going to go, we have to win the big money. But I want you to think about all the people in your life on the same side of Family Feud. You're not going up against your opponent and hitting the buzzer because when you're right, then that means they're wrong. That's with your kids. That's with your spouse. We have been forced into this situation And so now we're probably spending a lot more time with our kids and spouse and spending much more time with ourselves. So a lot of emotions are going to come up because I want to teach you something called buffering. And I've talked about it in the past on previous episodes. And Brooke really helped me learn about buffering and what it is. Whenever you're buffering, you're doing any type of activity. Sometimes it's over drinking. Sometimes it's overeating. Sometimes it's watching the news. I'm, I'm finding myself buffering with the news because I'm so used to having a hurricane update every four hours. Living where I live, there's hurricanes all the time. And now every four hours, I'm always asking David, any updates? He's like, nope. Any updates? Nope. So I have to constantly 
check myself so I don't wreck myself watching the news because nothing new really happens. It's a lot of hurry up and wait, or it's just a lot of waiting. It could be over yelling. It could be overworking, over people pleasing, over Facebooking. Whatever you're overdoing, whenever you have any type of activity that you take a part in because you think it's going to help you escape negative emotions and it creates a negative result, that is called buffering. And when we buffer, we don't truly experience our lives because the truth of our lives is that there's going to be lots of positive emotions and there's going to be lots of negative emotion. There's going to be lots of pain. It's not supposed to be easy. Pain is the greatest portal for our growth. So when we stop pushing away pain and we feel the pain and we open up to it, that's when life becomes a lot more fun. You're like, what are you talking about? I don't understand. How is feeling pain good? We're supposed to feel happy all the time. And I want to let you in a little secret. We are not entitled to feel happiness and pleasure all of the time. Maybe we've been told as a society because we've been told by marketing that if you drink this Coke, you're going to feel happy. If you smoke this cigarette, your problems will all disappear. You should go buy this and you'll feel so much happier. You should eat this. You should drink this. You should pay for something that you can't afford to bring you pleasure. And when you do eat that thing, drink that drink, smoke that smoke, buy that thing, there is a shot of dopamine. And it relieves the pain temporarily. But it's not like it eradicates it and it disappears altogether. Because if that were the case, I would be doing keg stands with you. Okay. If drinking really did work and resulted in a positive outcome, then I'd be doing them with you. I would be eating the food. I would be drinking the drink. But what happens is you get caught in this negative loop. Feel negative emotion. Drink the pain, drink to numb the pain, wake up with a hangover. Then you feel worse than you did the day before. Like, oh, got to drink again. Then you drink, numbs the pain, wake up feeling like you didn't sleep well. And then you feel worse and you're in this loop that you can't get out of. And you can replace drinking with eating, with shopping. With me, I was buffering with being super busy. A lot of people are addicted to busy. I have to constantly monitor myself to make sure that I'm not going down that path again or people pleasing to make all the people happy because then you're looking external for your validation and your worthiness and for some type of a relief from the pain. And when you stop, when you try to stop the pain, Brooke always talks about the beach ball holding underneath water. It actually, that resistance is like a double whammy. You're feeling the pain, then you're pushing down the pain, and that resistance is more painful than actually feeling the pain. Because when you feel pain, this is what happens. Pain comes from a sentence in our mind, and then a vibration goes through our body. That's really all that happens. And if you've lived a human experience, you have felt every single negative emotion, and you've been okay with it. Because when we're not running from our negative emotions, when we're not pushing them away, we're not resisting them, they lose their intensity. Alice and I, my best friend in high school, we did a speech for delegate at large for student council. And I was on a soccer tournament that weekend. So she wrote the whole speech, put my section of the speech 
on note cards, then put her section of the speech on note cards. And this is before texting or anything like this. This was like 150 years ago. So then I was at a soccer tournament. We didn't get home until like two or three o'clock in the morning. I think like our bus broke down or something wonky happened. And I was exhausted, but I couldn't sleep in and miss school the next day because I had to do the speech. So the speech was at 1030. And so my parents let me sleep in until like 9.59. I get up, rush to school. She hands me the note cards. We do the speech. And then my parents were going to pick me up afterwards to catch up on my sleep because we got home so late. So I was literally going to school just for the speech. So I go in at like 10.15. She hands me the cards. We do the speech. And legit, I mixed up all the cards. And I have to find the video. It is hilarious because I can't stop laughing because I messed up the speech. And because I can't stop laughing, I try to hold it in. And when I try to hold it in, you would have thought that I was a balloon that was about to pop because my face turns bright red. Then Allison starts laughing because my laugh is contagious and we're both trying to hold it in and we can't get out the speech. And then the entire senior class is laughing because I was trying to resist the laugh. Well, obviously I'm going to have to resist the laugh during a speech, but that's what happens when you try to hold in any emotion and you don't actually feel it. It's like, do you want to have pain now or pain later? But pain is inevitable. So you feel the pain of feeling embarrassed or frustrated or maybe depressed or anxiety because of the unknown. This is a perfect time to practice your emotions because this is like playing life with a medicine ball. And I'm not saying you should feel positive and I'm not saying you should feel negative. I'm just saying that you need to realize that your emotions are coming from your thoughts, from sentences in your mind. So when those sentences come up in your mind, this is a great way to play with emotions to see when I think this thought, this vibration happens through my body and you're actually allowing it in. You're going to label it. Okay, this is what anxiety feels like and describe the vibration to yourself because the more you lean into it, the less scary it is. And then you're not buffering so much. And you're allowing the urge. I feel the urge right now to buffer with food. If food fixed pain, I would be sending you Twinkies and Ding Dongs in the mail. But it is not. It is a lose-lose because you feel the pain later. If it helped eradicate the pain, I'd be passing out the drinks. I'd be telling you where to shop on Amazon. I would be telling you that yelling is going to solve it. And so what this experience of having Corona happen is it's removing all of our buffers because we can't buffer. We can't buffer with being busy. We can't buffer by going places and people pleasing because we're not engaging with all the people. So I'm having so many clients come to me and saying, I just can't stop yelling. The yelling is even worse than it was before. I'm drinking more than I ever have. I'm eating more than I ever have. I'm smoking two packs of cigarettes a day, Kelly, instead of one pack a day. It's just too much. And so you're caught in this loop because you're trying to push the pain away by buffering it away and getting away from it by smoking it, drinking it, eating it. Everyone has their vice. And then the pain doesn't just disappear. It just comes later in the hangover or in the debt or in the feeling like junk after eating junk or watching the news and getting depressed with all the stories that you're seeing or the feeling you feel like, large Marge who's in charge after eating all the junk or guilt because you're yelling at your kids 
or you're just working and working and working, and then all of a sudden you don't have a job. There's no buffer of the job right now. A lot of people are working from home, so that's a huge adjustment. And I'm not telling you should feel happy or sad. I'm telling you this is a great chance to feel all the feelings and let the urge of the drink, of the food, of the cigarette come up and then don't give into it. Allow the pain now so you don't have the pain later. When you can choose the pain now and feel the feelings, then you don't have that over desire to drink or smoke or eat or watch the news. You're not trying to escape negative emotion because you know that nothing has gone wrong. Because pain is not a problem. Pain is part of the human experience. So when we run away from pain, we're not living an authentic life because that's not experiencing the 50-50. And what we're really doing with the yelling and the eating or whatever it is that is your buffer, we're actually acting out the pain. And then the pain's just still waiting for you. It's always going to be there. And so I always tell my kids, you know, the vaping or the drugs or the drinking, it's very seductive for kids because kids don't know how to manage their negative emotions. And then they have someone on the playground or at the bike rack or on the bus saying, listen, dude, I got something that's going to take that all away. This one vape will do it. And then the kid's like, I don't know. My parents said it's bad. My parents said it's bad. And then you, the kid does it and they're like, oh, it worked. Oh my goodness. I don't have the pain for that 20 minutes. But then the pain and the guilt and the lying and the sneaking around, that's the pain later. And then next time it takes two vapes to make that breakup go away, to make the pain from the argument with their parents go away. Why not teach kids early and young that pain is part of the process? Because when they're little, the problems and the pain is little for us to see. We see that we're like, oh, what's the big deal? Get over it. But instead be like, oh, this is part of the human experience. Here's your 50-50. Then we're not running from it. Because People think that harmony in the home means there's never any crying or negative emotion. And I think just the opposite. I want all the emotions to come up in the home. Because then I can hold the space and teach them what it is and be like, oh, this is totally normal. You're disappointed. Oh, I get disappointed. Oh, I know that feeling. Here's when it happened to me. I get you, boo. And that I get you, boo moment is very connecting. And then they don't have shame and guilt for having a basic human emotion. We tell them over and over and over, this is part of the human experience. Then they're not fighting against the B or the C or the friend breakup or the boyfriend breakup or the girlfriend breakup or not knowing where to sit with who to sit with at lunch when they're younger or the banana peeled wrong or the wrong sippy cup color. Because when we connect on the emotion, then that connective energy carries with them and they feel like, okay, mom's got my back. Dad's got my back. I'm allowed to have negative emotion. But to have a child go through life without negative emotion is like giving a child half of their childhood. Because parents always say at every Shafali event, she says, what do you want for your kids? What do you want for your kids? And every single, she says, it's like a trap. I do it on purpose because I know what the answer is going to be. Every single parent, 100% of the time says, I just want my kids to be happy. And what if that's the wrong message that we're sending kids that they don't have to be happy all the time? I don't want my kids happy all the time. I don't want them to think that's part of the human experience. I want them to feel disappointment. I want them to feel sadness and anger and all the emotions. I can help connect on the emotion. Then the behavior part becomes simple because I'm not resisting it and pushing it down with them. I'm like, oh, I get that feeling. Then there's no, there's no tug of war. There's no rope. We're on the same side cheering each other on on family feud. It's not me against them standing at the podium. Who's going to ring the bell first? 
Even when it's about me, they're upset and disappointed. I'm like, I get it. I get it. I'm B minus. I know. It stinks. And John Maxwell said the best quote. I was like, yes, John Maxwell. I'm obsessed with quotes. He says, crisis reveals what is already in us. So whatever your go-to is for your vices or for your default emotion or for your buffers, it's only going to be amplified during this time. I'm talking on high alert. So I'm not saying to feel positive. I'm not saying to feel negative. I'm saying to feel all the feelings. Then you're not pushing them away, not resistance. And seeing the 50-50 in all of this, the family time, the downtime, the connection you can have with your spouse and your kids and your dog. My dog is so happy with the 75 walks a day and all this connective time with with her family. She's like, this is amazing. So just see the corona as as neutral as possible so then you can play with your emotions and realize that the emotions literally come from sentences in your mind. There's so many people that are excited about this virtual school and so many people that are not. And guess what? They're both right because there's 50-50 in it. There's so many teachers that are excited about virtual school and so many teachers who are not, and they're both right because it's 50-50. You can have both at the same time. You can be happy about the family time and the connection time and the downtime while you're grieving the loss of your job or the loss of your freedom. You don't have to push either of them away and have shame or guilt. And you might go to judge your neighbor and say, well, my neighbors doesn't understand. My neighbor doesn't get it because they don't have a high-risk parent, a high-risk child. They're low risk. So you might start judging other people the way they're managing it. What if they're all right? Because you don't want to get into that comparison game of comparing pain because that is a lose-lose. Netflix says that they, <laughs> their viewing time is off the charts. Because what happens is feel, people are feeling anxious. So they over-Netflix, over-drink, over-eat, wake up the next day feeling full, lethargic, and hungover. And then the pain is worse. So it's just waiting for them. And then there's this loop. It's like feel unhappy, eat the food, drink the drink wake up unhappy, feel more unhappy, drink the drink, eat the food, sleep terrible, wake up more unhappy. So you're taking away from your 50-50 experience by making it more like 80-20 for the negative. And I've used this analogy before, and Brooks used the analogy, and I think so is Jody Moore, about how when you're going to the doctor to get a shot, you know it's going to hurt. But if you're squirming and flipping out and doing cartwheels, then the pain's going to be even worse because you're just trying to resist it and run away and push it away and out. Eat. They might even miss your arm because you're moving around so much and make the pain even worse. But if you know it's going to hurt and you lean into it and you're like, all right, let's do this. And you go in with an empowered, assertive, kind of like I got this energy. That's much better to feel that pain in that way versus doing cartwheels and pushing it away and resisting. So allowing it in, labeling it, describe your vibration in your head, have a relationship with yourself, just like what you would with a friend when they're feeling sadness. Okay. So I posted this by sumaraz.com. Different mind shift sentences that you can say during a pandemic. Instead of I'm stuck at home, you could replace it with, I get to be safe in my home and spend time with my family. See how much different that is? I will get sick, we could say. I will self-isolate and wash my hands. This will significantly decrease my chances of getting sick. Do you see how softer that is to the brain? Versus saying, I will run out of items at home during self-isolation for sure. Instead, 
I have prepared for this and I will use my items wisely. I have everything I need for now. It's not pushing it away and saying we shouldn't be feeling the feelings. It's saying, I'm going to feel all the feelings and I'm going to do it. And I'm going to think with intention and with consciousness. Instead of saying everything is shutting down, I'm panicking. We could say instead, the most important places such as medical centers, pharmacies, and grocery stores remain open because it's normal for your brain to want to freak out and panic. When we have mind management, we can control the controllable. Instead of saying there's too much uncertainty right now, we could say something like, while I can't control the situation around me, I can control my actions. Doing breath work, calling loved ones, getting enough sleep and proper nutrition, prayer, and doing activities I love at home will help during this time. Everybody says they don't have enough time to do X, Y, Z. Now, God, the universe has given us all this time to do the X, Y, Z, to read the books, to slow down, to spend more time with our kids, spend more time with our husband. It's taking away all our buffers. And what do you want your kids to remember when they look back on this? Because let's say this goes on for three months. That's what, 12 weeks? They're with us for 940 weeks. So what do we want to have them remember out of this 12 weeks? Do we want them to remember a stressed out manic mom who was drinking and eating her feelings or one who was modeling like long walks? Look at mom meditating. She's listening to Christian music. She's going for exercise because she knows that's going to help with her mindset. She's practicing mind management. This is such a powerful time for us that we can literally write on the slates of our kids and show them how to show up in times like this. So I read that I posted this post about a college kid who's he's 20 is in 2030 and just assume your kids are in college. And he says or she says in history class, we learned that the COVID-19 pandemic in 2020 was really bad. What was it like? And so me at what, 55? Whoa, is talking to my child saying, well, everything was shut down in an attempt to kill the virus, but not everyone followed the order to quarantine for 15 days. So it lasted longer than anyone ever expected. This is me talking to my kids 10 years from now. Many people died who shouldn't have. Grocery stores were out of everything because people were hoarding as much as they could. We were scared of economic failure for our country and for ourselves because we couldn't work. Don't you remember it? You were like eight. Okay, so this is me talking. And then hopefully my kids will say, and our kids and your kids, the kid says, all I remember was the school closing and being homeschooled. I remember doing scavenger hunts in our yard. I remember eating meals as a family for a change. I remember getting great sleep because I wasn't up late for homework or getting up early for school. I remember board games as a family. I remember watching our pastor on our laptop. Honestly, it was one of the happiest times of our childhood. That is what I call perspective. Because how do we want to show up frantic, frenetic, the sky is falling every single day? Because you have to remember this too shall pass. We will look back on this and we don't know how long that's going to be. And that's okay. Because if you think back to what were you doing in November and December of last year, you were eating turkey for Thanksgiving, you were celebrating the holidays, you were doing all the things. Did you think that your March was going to be like this March and this April was going to be like this April? No, because our brain can't predict the future, even though it thinks it can. Because my brain in November and December, you know what my brain thought? My brain thought we'd be on a plane to Dominican Republic on an all-expense-paid trip, which we're supposed to leave for soon. But that didn't happen. My brain was wrong. My brain thought we were going to Disney World for Lily's birthday. My brain was also wrong about that. My brain thought the kids would be in school. My brain was wrong. And we are wrong 100% of the time when we try to predict the future. So whether this lasts two weeks, 12 weeks, 
even it lasts a year. Let's go to worst case scenario. A year from now, we're still in the situation. We're still going to be okay because we have our thoughts. We have our family. We have each other. We're going to have more solutions. When I asked David about it, he I love his answers. He's so reassuring. He'll say, you know, there's people smarter than me that are working much harder on this than I could ever imagine. And that just gives me peace and comfort that God, the universe has brought people into this world that know what to do. Even though we don't know what to do, there are people that do know what to do and they are working their tails off. So in the meantime, how do we want to show up? How do we want to show up? Because there are flight attendants. That's why we're watching the news. That's why we're judging the temperament of every every speaker. Oh, they seem panicked. I should panic. Oh, they seem calm. I should be calm. Oh, they're reassuring. Maybe I should be reassured. Or I read this article. Now I'm frantic and panicked. That's the same way our kids are looking at us. They're looking at us like we're Trump on the news and watching his every move and his temperament or the Surgeon General. Our kids are looking at us as their Surgeon General. And it's not to hide emotions from our kids and be like, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Depending on the age, depending on their temperament, depending on who they are, have the conversations. Tell them about your emotions, that you're not scared of them, that you're leaning into them. You're not eating them away. You're not buffering them away. You're not pushing them away. You're not putting yourself in timeout. You're not vegging out in front of the TV. And if you are, just be aware of it and don't judge and shame yourself. Be like, oh, this is buffering. This is what Kelly's talking about. I catch myself buffering all the time. And I just stop buffering or I just say, oh, I'm going to buffer now. And it's not buffering if you get a positive result. Doesn't mean you can't ever watch TV. You can't ever eat something for, for yumminess or have a beer or have a glass of wine. Just look at the result. If it's to get away from negative emotion, the result will always be negative because they're just false pleasures. They're fake. It's artificial. It's not real. But when you lean in and you feel the feels, then it's not so scary. And just know that it's coming from sentences in your mind, not from what's happening outside of you. This is a great time to practice that. And if you're feeling grief, if you're feeling sadness, if you're feeling disappointed, if you're feeling cramped, if you're feeling annoyed, feel all those feelings. Just don't take them out on the people that you love the most. Feel the feelings. Then you're not going to have to buffer with yelling and buffer with spending or eating or drinking or people pleasing or over Facebooking or working your tail off. So you can avoid being around the family. You won't need the buffer because you're going to lean into the feeling. You're going to open up to it. Feel the vibration because then you're like, oh, this is emotion. I can do this. And then everything isn't so scary when we go back to resume normal life because this too shall pass. And when it does pass, how do you want to look back on this time? How did I show up? That's all you need to keep asking yourself. You're talking to your future self, the person in June, July, August, and looking back and go, how did she show up during this time? How did he show up? Talking in first person, talking about yourself, because you can do things now that are going to make your future future self happy. You don't want to be done with all this when this passes and be 20 pounds heavier, needing two packs of cigarettes and needing five beers to get that buzz on. You don't want that. So do activities now that your future self will thank you that was tough. And look how I managed. Look how I showed up. Look how I felt all my feelings and I didn't buffer. That's what I want to say to the June and July Kelly. And that's what I want you to be able to say to your June and July person or whatever year, whatever month it is. So lean into the feelings, feel the vibrations. And I promise you, they're not as scary as we think. I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. 
Hey mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt resonating moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.